Although, I've seen some scripts, I know the words weren't spelled right. There was hardly any commas in it at all. So I don't think that's too important. Hey, you want to get on the train here, or you want to ruin another take, huh? It's too cerebral. We're trying to make a movie here, not a film. Man, I don't drop character till I've done a DVD commentary. You want to eat the writer? Be my guest. That will leave you to explain how else your character is supposed to get to Bremen. Welcome back to another episode of the In the Mouth of Dorkness Chatcast. I'm your host, Brad Gullickson, the Mouth Dork, and we've got, what, another episode this week? I thought this was a weekly show. Guess what? It is. But this week you get two episodes. Last Wednesday we had Takashi Miike on the show talking about First Love, bringing that chat from Fantastic Fest, and this week on the phone... We have actor slash legend Tom Atkins. You know, it's nuts. I feel like every week I have to pinch myself. I can't believe we've had so many amazing and iconic personalities on the show. It it, it really does blow my mind. And I am just so thankful that we can trick people like Tom Atkins to come onto our Rinky Dink program. But I am so grateful. And... I only had 10 minutes to talk to him on the phone, but when you have 10 minutes to talk to Tom Atkins, you take those Tom Atkins minutes, right? That's Is that a phrase? Yeah, Tom Atkins minutes. You take them. Because he is the star of Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, the best Halloween. He's the star of Night of the Creeps. You've seen him in everything from Bob Roberts to My Bloody Valentine 3D to Drive Angry to his upcoming film, which just dropped today, Trick. Those last three, by the way, all come from director uh, Patrick Lussier, who wrote those films with Todd Farmer, the writer of Jason X. And they are movies that are near and dear to Mouth Dork's heart. Um, He has a sensibility that is gnarly and nasty and rooted in the era of the 1980s, especially My Bloody Valentine and Trick. They are doing the slasher thing, but really embracing the practical, gooey, gory stuff. And as we talk with Tom Atkins, they make room for little bits of character. And Atkins, you know, he's got like, I don't know, I'd say 15, 20 minutes in trick, if that. But the time he has on screen is incredibly memorable. And that is a combination of, yo, it's Atkins, but also... Patrick and Todd find a heart for this little role that I super appreciate. Trick is, hmm, what's the best way to explain this? Uh, It has the most intense and insane 20-minute opening that I have seen in a horror film in a long, long time. It's one of those sequences where as it starts and it keeps going and going and going and going, you go, is, is, is this the whole movie? Or am I watching the, the slasher equivalent of The Raid? And for 20 minutes you are. The film does eventually let you catch a breath uh, and then kind of becomes a different vehicle uh, than what is introduced at the start of the film. But man, like the, the, the first 20 minutes is some of the, the my, my favorite filmmaking I've seen in 2019. That's no BS. It's, it, it is so, so, so rock and roll. Uh, so check it out. Please watch Trick. Now, the conversation that we get into, we we start with Trick. We start with Tom Atkins's relationship with Patrick Lussier. And then we move on into Halloween 3 for like the last question, right? Again, 
I only had 10 minutes. I wanted to make the whole chat about Halloween 3. And I wish I had been like Joe Blow, who also recently interviewed Tom Atkins and asked him about Night of the Creeps, because apparently Tom Atkins told Joe Blow that Night of the Creeps 2 is happening with Fred Decker behind the helm. That's insane to me. You know, like, you, you could talk to Tom Atkins for the rest of your life. In fact, that's what I want to do. I got, I got to go find him. He's up in Pennsylvania somewhere. I'm going to go knock on his door. I'm going to kidnap him. And I'm going to, I'm going to turn this entire podcast channel into the Tom Atkins channel. Now, Brad, Brad, calm down. That's probably not a good idea. Uh, this is the type of uh, intro you get when I don't have a partner. Uh, so there's no Billy, no Brian, no Lisa. So you just have me rambling on about kidnapping Tom Atkins, but you understand, right? So without much further ado, let's get into this conversation and I'll meet you back on the other side. Hi, Tom. How are you today? I'm good, Brad. How about you? I'm great. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us. I really, really appreciate it. I'm happy to do it. Thank you. So you've worked with uh, Patrick Lussier on three films now. What is it about him as a filmmaker that has you, uh, you know, keep, keep coming back. He's my brother. No, no, no. <laughs> I, he, he feels like he's my brother. I just love him. I, I met him uh, on my bloody Valentine 3d whenever that was, I don't know, seven years ago or so big beats me. And, um, uh, um, a casting agent here said, uh, this fellow wants to have you in his movies going to, town to shoot uh, um, a horror movie and, and would you meet him? And I said, yeah. So we went down to a coffee shop and uh, forgive me, there's a vacuum running in the background. Oh, sure, no problem. Uh, we went down to a, sh- uh, a coffee shop downtown in an old hotel and we talked and I felt like I had known him all my life after a couple of minutes. He was so easy to be with. And he said, I would love you to play this old sheriff in uh, my bloody Valentine, but when I tell you how you die, you might not want to do it. <laughs> and then he explained how the, my whole lower face would go flying out 3D over the audience's right shoulder. Yeah. And um, I said, yep, sounds good to me. Let's go. Let's do it. <laughs> so we did, and that, that was the beginning of a beautiful relationship, as they said in and we've uh, he writes something for me in everything he does and I'm forever grateful and I just love uh, working with him I would, I would go anywhere anytime to do anything I rewatched my bloody Valentine last night and boy he sure does give you a heck of a send out in that movie uh, it's a bloody he good does, yeah. He? yeah he really does what was that yeah. like on that day
Yeah. And then, uh, then it goes flying out. But, but yeah, we did, we shot it up the river in uh, uh, Rentum, a uh, little town up uh, the river outside of Pittsburgh, and and uh, in a beautiful old old house on the uh, side porch. I died. And I think, uh, my body went over the back of the porch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's an awesome moment. It's an awesome yeah. moment. And, you know, when you're watching uh, his movies, it's clear that he has a strong appreciation for you because you get a moment in each of the films you've done. I know, I know. And th- this one, uh, have you seen Trick? I have, yes. I really liked it. Yeah, I, I did too. And when it first started, you know, it was funny. I was out of it. I was at the screening at ScreenFest with Patrick and Omar and uh, a bunch of the cast. We were all out there, and and I sat right in front of Patrick. And when I um, and Fred Deckard was right next huh. to me, huh. uh, <laughs> he, he came to the screening. The guy from Night of the Creek. Yeah, yeah. And when it started, I thought, Oh my God, this is so violent it's so brutal i thought patrick had gone over to the dark side but he um but then i i i just loved the way the the whole movie went mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i loved the sense of dread that you had throughout watching it and uh it was so ominous but it but it was really good i i think because you get the you get to know the, the people in it, like Talbot, the old curmudgeon that I played. Mm-hmm. You, you kind of root for them. You have the young girl, uh, the two young girls, uh, you hope that yeah. they can make it through. And uh, and uh, uh, Ellen Adair, who played the sheriff, and Omar Epps, who played the uh, older guy, uh, detective or whatever yeah. it was. Yeah, it, 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 it reminded me in a way of the movies we made in the eighties mm-hmm. that were that were more hopeful. That you, that they just weren't relentless gore for the sake of gore. Yeah, you, know, you, you cared about the people in them, and you hoped that they could get through to the other end. Well, just looking at your character in Trick, the the way he gives you that whole storyline with the barn door. And and, and and how it keeps getting defaced by the, the townsfolk. Like, you have a backstory. Your character has a backstory within Trick that you care about as an audience member. That's the genius of uh, Patrick and Todd Farmer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they write wonderful things for me to play. I am truly forever grateful to them, and I, I can't wait for the next one. <laughs> same, same. And, and, and Patrick, Patrick assured me, though, he said, because in this one, poor uh, <laughs> Calvin goes out in a blaze of glory in the choir loft of a Presbyterian church <laughs> stabbed to death by the evil trick. Yeah. And, um, now I'm I'm looking forward to the next one. Patrick assured me that I would survive and live through the whole film. Awesome. Well, I whatever look, it may be. I look forward to that. <laughs> now, before I let you go, I, I I would be remiss if I didn't talk about Halloween three. My local Alamo Draft House is playing the film on Tuesday of next week, and I'm super excited to see it on the big screen again. 
And I just wanted to know, like, what's it been like for you? Because the conversation on Halloween 3 has really changed since it came out. Like, a true cult following has formed around that movie. And it's gotten incredibly popular. Yeah. You know, I I couldn't get over going to uh, horror movie conventions and how angry people were um, that uh, Michael Myers wasn't in Halloween 3. And I, I would get angry right back at them because <laughs> I didn't care a damn whether uh, Michael Myers was in Halloween 3 was never intended to be in there. Right. And it was um, John's original um, intention to make an anthology of Halloween films, uh, you know, a different one every Halloween. But it was the money people at Universal or whoever owned uh Halloween 3, they said, well, yeah, okay, you have this one and ready to go and you could shoot that, but don't ever make another movie that doesn't have Michael Myers in it, you know, a Halloween movie. So mm-hmm. um, that's that's the way that went. I think it's gotten great, uh, great audience response over the years. And it's the uh, Halloween 3 is the one that airs around Pennsylvania at Halloween time. Not just because I live here. <laughs> You're at the Alamo Draft House? Uh, yeah. Your local? Uh, I'm in the Virginia I one. I love that. I love that place. It's the best. It's we, the best theater. We came, we came, oh, it is the best. We came down to Austin to do um, uh, all the extras and for the Blu-ray release of uh, Night of the Creeps. Yeah. Uh, num- a number of years ago, and and it uh, it screened at the uh, Alamo Draft House. God, that was that was such a treat. I loved being down there. Well, I can tell you, great town. We're gonna have a full house for that. So, Tom, I just want to say, you know, thank you so much for uh, taking the time to chat with me. I'm a big fan. We actually met in Baltimore at a horrifying convention about uh, eight years ago. I got you to sign a Halloween 3 poster to me. Oh, good. I'm glad. I'm glad, Brad. It was a pleasure talking with you, man. Yeah, thank you. And, um, uh, have a brewski. Have a, have a, have a, uh, Stella. Uh, <laughs> I will. Or, or, or Miller. Oh, have a bottle of that. What, some kind of a Bach beer down there. You got it. You got it. it. Yeah, you have it. Will do. And think of me while you're having it. I love that joint. I will. I will. All right. Take care, Tom. All right. All right. Thanks, Brad. Thanks. See you, man. See you. Bye-bye. And there you have it. My uh, short little chat with Tom Atkins. Uh, that beer he was mentioning at the end of the conversation, I th- I think that is Buck Beer or Uncle Buck Beer in Texas. Listeners, let me know. My uh, brewery knowledge is very limited. I'm a big fan of Founders. I have the 120 when I go to the Alamo Draft House in Winchester. Uh, that's a crazy $18 beer that will get you smashed real quick, but it is delicious. But as far as my uh, you know Texas beer knowledge goes, it's very, very limited. I, I am aware of Stella, uh, so I can certainly have a Stella and think of Tom while I'm watching Halloween 3 this Tuesday at the Alamo Draft House in Ashburn. Uh, but yeah, if you know what a buck beer is, let me know. Confirm that for me. I'd like to know. Uh, all right. So Tom Atkins, trick, watch that film. As we said at the start of this show and during our conversation, 
you know, Patrick Lussier, he goes a little crazy at the beginning. And Tom Atkins, I understand why you were a little nervous watching the first 20 minutes of that film, because it is a mad, gory explosion of action. Uh, and, but like I said, you then you then catch your breath and then the madness continues. So Trick, watch it. If you liked My Bloody Valentine 3D, if you liked Drive Angry, it'll be certainly uh, in your wavelength. Or if you like, you know, like the, the, the classic slashers of yesteryear, I think you will find something to appreciate. It's certainly a low budget flick and doesn't have the money of, say, uh, those universal horror films. Um, but you know what? That also adds to its raw appeal. And I'm giving it a high recommendation. So Trick, watch it. VOD, iTunes, Apple, Amazon, all those places you can stream and rent, throw some money their way. And if you are in the Northern Virginia area this Tuesday, Halloween 3 Season of the Witch will be playing on the big screen. I've seen it there in the past, and man, if you are one of those individuals who dismisses it as the lame Michael Myers-less Halloween film, you, you really need to give it another go, because... It is something truly, truly special. It's very weird. It's very different than the first two Halloween movies. And it is a thousand times better than the Halloween sequels that came after. I mean, there is a fringe universe out there somewhere where Halloween 3 Season of the Witch was extremely successful. And that franchise became the Twilight Zone of slasher franchises. And that world is way better than the one we're currently living in. But thankfully, we are seeing the resurgence of horror anthology programming. Creep Show, that's currently on Shudder, is a lot of fun. You know, it has its peaks and valleys like any anthology thing. But I just like seeing different artists take different cracks at horror ideas. And Creep Show is really succeeding on that. And CBS All Access's Twilight Zone, you know, uh, the critics really dismissed that show. But I gotta say, there's a lot of good content on that series. And I'm really looking forward to it coming back on the air. So... Maybe we are ready for a new Halloween 3 anthology-like continuation. Uh, that's probably not going to happen with the Blumhouse Universal model that we're currently getting. Uh, I really did enjoy the 2018 reboot quill of Halloween, and I am excited to see what they do in the follow-up for that. Um, but yeah, I, you know, like, Halloween 3, come to Alamo Drafthouse on Tuesday. Share a buck beer with me, or more likely a... Founders 120, because it's amazing. Um, but I can't afford that anymore, so you're going to have to buy me one of those $18 beers. Uh, all right, so what do we got coming down the pike? Next week, we are going to return to the Alamo Draft House in Winchester, Virginia. We're talking to Joe Kelly, the screenwriter of I Kill Giants, who also wrote the original graphic novel. And that conversation is really cool. Lisa and I had so much fun with him chatting about I Kill Giants, chatting a little bit about Deadpool. Uh, it, it, it's, it's a cool chat. And then the week after that, Halloween week, uh, back at the Alamo Draft House in Winchester, Virginia, we spoke to the documentarians Andre Gower and Henry McComas about their film, Wolfman's Got Nards, which explores the cultural and artistic impact of the Monster Squad. And uh, like Halloween 3, the Monster Squad is an amazing film. Hey, Fred Decker again. Directed by Fred Decker, the guy who made Night of the Creeps and hopefully is making Night of the Creeps 2. Wolfman's Got Nards. Uh, Billy and I saw this at the Chattanooga Film Festival two years ago. We had our socks knocked off. Loved it, loved it, loved it. We are Monster Squad maniacs. But I gotta say, 
it's not just for the diehards. I think if you've never even seen the Monster Squad, you will appreciate Wolfman's Got Nards because it's more about the passion that art can spawn and the ripple effect that can occur into other avenues of art uh, through the impact of one singular vision. Uh, it, it, it's such a it's a, such a cool little documentary. And those guys are on a tour of all the Alamos in the nation right now. It's called the Doc Till You Drop Tour. And I think they have three more Alamos to go. After the Winchester, they were coming by the Ashburn one. Uh, if you're listening to this episode, you've already missed that. But they are going to end their tour in Raleigh, North Carolina. So if you're in that area, get your butt over there because Andre and Henry love to talk Monster Squad. They love to talk Wolfman's Got Nards. And they love to talk to fans. So seek them out. Have a good time. Um, yeah, finally, on the 1st, 2nd, and 3rd of November, back at the Alamo Winchester, we are celebrating Full Metal Modine weekend. Matthew Modine is in town. He is hosting and doing Q&As for nine of his films. We're talking about Married to the Mob, Cutthroat Island, Memphis Bell, Pacific Heights, uh, Full Metal Jacket, obviously, um, and the band played on and the band played on has only been played theatrically like once before at the New York Film Festival. HBO has actually cut a DCP specifically for this screening. You do not want to miss this film and you do not want to miss the opportunity to talk to Matthew Modine to get your stuff signed by Matthew Modine to celebrate cinema with Matthew Modine. Come join the It Mod cast dorks. We're going to sit down with him. We're going to get him on this podcast. So be on the lookout for that. And yet we still got all those amazing Fantastic Fest chats in your near future as well. So that's going to do it for us. Uh, find my other dorks, Lisa Gullickson at Sidewalk Siren on Instagram, Twitter, Untapped, Darren Smith at the Disco Dork, Billy Das at WB Das, Brian Young at the Turtle Dork, and I, of course, am Brad Gullickson at Mouth Dork on all social medias. And until next time, guys, take care. Visions are worth fighting for. Why spend your life making someone else's dreams? You know, you know I had to put that there, right? <laughs>